Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome to another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. It's Craig Mitch along with Joe Ranieri with you here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. As we're here every day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, trying to get you through your day, afternoon, night, whenever you're watching the show. Appreciate the support. Appreciate you tuning in for sure. Got a lot to cover here on the show today. Of course, we've got our fantasy sports birthdays. We've got this day in fantasy sports. We're covering a couple of different college football and pro baseball stadiums today from a historical point of view. And, you know, I'm watching a lot of these uh, streaming games, Joe, on MLB. And, uh, you know, some of the NFL players are getting into different things. We have the NBA horse, which we'll talk about in just a second. But, man, I feel like we are ahead of the game because if we could only predict some of the things that could happen in the world as it pertains to the pandemic, (laughs) like we can in the NFL, we'd be in really good shape. We sat here on this show yesterday, for those people who watched, and talked about the idea that, hey, look, uh, the the landscape uh, changing in the NFL, specifically as it pertains to running backs, it may not be a bad time for the best running back in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey to potentially sign a long-term extension. And wouldn't you know... The news broke late yesterday that, indeed, Christian McCaffrey did sign his long-term extension for quite a bit of money as well. Um, I guess that's the full commitment at this point. McCaffrey's going to play out his days in Carolina, whether they're good or not, over the next couple of years. But how are you, Joe? Let's start off with that. Yeah, you know what it is, Mish, is listen, some guys play 50-cent pick fives, hit 73-to-1 shots, and win a half a million. Some people roll out six Powerball numbers, win hundreds of million, and you and I, we get to figure out that Christian McCaffrey is going to make a lot of money. So that pretty much wraps up our uh, our seeing into the future aspect of it, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we did it. But yeah, I mean, we could, uh, I mean, look at it from a fantasy perspective to me, and, and I know we haven't had a, a chance, Joe, to talk a lot of fantasy on the show mm-hmm. because it's more or less irrelevant with no sports happening. But from a fantasy perspective, McCaffrey has been the first or second pick in fantasy drafts for the last two years. He's going to be the first pick again in the 2020 yep. fantasy draft. Uh, they really, you know, honestly, he's kind of in a tier by himself as far as fantasy is concerned. And there's good reason for that, Joe. It's just when you think about it from his perspective, he went to a place where they were winning mm-hmm. and they were winning going right up until this past season. And then the defensive wheels fell off. In fact, their defensive captain and Luke Keekley ended up retiring. Uh, this definitely sets him up for life, but he could have waited a couple of years and ended up signing a massive free agent contract somewhere else. But inevitably, this was the route that he ended up choosing. Do you think that now that McCaffrey mm. has his contract and he's playing in a situation that has him the focal point of the offense with almost no other offensive weapons, let's be honest, that he can continue to put up the same numbers? Can he live up to this I suppose it looks like $16 million a year contract that he's been given. You know, I, a new coach, right? New first-time uh, coach here in the NFL. Not necessarily sure. I mean, if I'm Christian McCaffrey, the only thing that I care about is just get me my money. Give me my guaranteed money. The way you've been used and the way I think he's going to be used uh, moving forward, um, get that money while you can. You are in a... Um, you know, running backs are like buying boats. 
you know, you never want to be the first guy to buy that boat, right? Because uh, the amount of depreciation going on is brutal, guys. I mean, like, you, the minute you drive off the lot, it's like a car. You just lost five grand. Um, right. And that's kind of what McCaffrey is. He's that shiny new car that you, you, you test drove for a little while. Now you have to buy it because the alternative is watching him go someplace else and you don't want to have to get into an ezekiel elliott kind of thing so uh tepper new owner new first year head coach kind of sleep well at night knowing that if worse comes to worse you've got yourself the number one running back the number one weapon all around weapon in the league kind of like what lev bell used to be or what those steelers were uh years ago a couple of years back so Congratulations to him, but, um, you know, you give a running back, somebody with this kind of talent, you give him one contract, you don't plan on him being around for a second. Yeah, and it's, listen, I know that you made the comparison Levy on Bell. Like, to me, it's yeah. more like Marshall Falk. I mean, uh, guy, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, even for, yep, absolutely. I mean, I mean it's, it's just that, look, I mean, Bell had a good quarterback, had some wide receiving options. Carolina, even whether it was Rivera or after he mm -hmm. left, and I forget who took over. But it was, Joe, it was every single down yep. of yep. every single play. It wasn't even a matter of check down. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, uh, Kyle Allen, at the beginning of his short tenure as quarterback of Carolina, yeah, there wasn't as much focus on McCaffrey because he was trying to mix in DJ Moore and Olsen yep. and some of the other weapons there. But it got to the point where he wasn't confident every single play yep. was literally a dump-off pass to McCaffrey or hand-off to McCaffrey. And, I mean, historically, as far as I am concerned, in terms of fantasy, it's LaDainian Tomlinson, it's yep. Marshall Falk, and it's McCaffrey. It's a 1,000-yard rusher, a 1,000-yard receiver, 100 catches. Yep. I just I can't imagine any player at this stage of where the NFL is at bigger, stronger, faster, of being able to play at that kind of level for five years. And look, that's not to say that anybody could have predicted the demise of Todd Gurley this fast at 24. Right. I don't think anybody could have. There are still going to be some people who think that he's okay and he'll be fine in Atlanta. I'm not one of those people. I do right. think it's over for him, unfortunately. I just, I just think that there's too much smoke and fire in that right. situation. But it'll be interesting for me. Because what I want to see is in two years, you talk to me about where Christian McCaffrey is at. Right. And I want to have the same conversation, Joe, and ask me how many catches did he get? How many rushing attempts did he get? Because what I know is that in 2020, and you know it too from seeing their win total, it's around five, five and a half in Las Vegas. I mean... Can they abuse this kid like they've been use, abusing him in the past? Remember, they were trying to win still last year, up until like game 12 when they knew that they were out of it. They already paid for the gas. It's, so it's, it's, a it's an interesting, dangerous You're going to use them. That, I mean, yeah. that's the you already bought and paid for it, so you better drive it. I mean, that's the bottom line here. They're going to use him every which way they go. And, uh, you know, don't know. That division, there is a lot of question marks moving forward. But uh, at least the money... It's in his pocket. He knows it. They know it. You got a quarterback now. You got, listen, DJ Moore, I think, is going to be one of the better wide receivers, young wide receivers in that next crop, that next wave. Um, you know, if they can rebuild that defense and give themselves an opportunity to win a couple of games, that's a hell of a weapon to go into a playoff series with, especially since we're adding two playoff teams now. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if uh, if 
I think, if that McCaffrey, it's very rare in, in fantasy, Joe, to have the same number one pick in fantasy for like three years in a row. Right. And two years ago, Barkley, essentially Barkley was the number one pick overall and McCaffrey was too, but there were some people taking McCaffrey first. Uh, McCaffrey will be the bona fide first pick in every fantasy draft this year. Uh, so this will be the second year in a row. I wonder how far he goes down now, that road. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Joe Brady now is the offensive coordinator, the guy from LSU that made yeah. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Yeah. They weren't running the ball at LSU, they guys. Not. They were not. That was a not. lot of passing going on there. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of what, what kind of up-tempo, what, how they plan on using what they've got right now. It'll, it'll be interesting for sure. No doubt about that. Um, mm-hmm. Also interesting to see. Still uh, got to pick him number one in fantasy. Though. Oh well, he's I mean, one. what's your uh, choice? Pick number two or three is right. Dalvin Cook. Okay. Yes, it, uh, and he's already barking about money. So. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so Dalvin Cook. Let's yeah. let's dive into him here for a minute because he had some interesting comments talking yeah. about it was very difficult to see uh, his teammates Stephon Diggs leave. Yes. And uh, you know, to me, that's exactly what you just said. Interesting to me because, guess who else has a contract coming up pretty soon? Dalvin Cook, right? I mean, Dalvin Cook is not yeah. that far away from where Christian McCaffrey was. And so I'm sure that he is somebody that's going to want to get paid. And that's another door that's going to have to be opened up pretty quickly. Big time. You think that Cook could get nearly as much as McCaffrey in this situation? The problem is Cook that, is, I think, every bit as good as McCaffrey, but he's got injury history. So yeah, I that's, think that's, that's what's going to hold him back. And I don't think Christian McCaffrey, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be the Barry Sanders of this generation. The guy, guy's got for, comes from Stanford. He's not an idiot. He's going to play seven, eight, nine years. Then he's going to take his money. He's going to leave. Um, I, I don't see, you know, why he would want to drag it out any further than he'd have to. I mean, to this point, knock on wood, Christian McCaffrey been healthy. He's healthy at Stanford for the most part. Healthy, uh, you know, here. And Dalvin Cook, he was hurt at Florida State. He's been hurt here in Minnesota. But they rely on him more than anybody else in that offense. So... What are you going to do with him? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that you're going to give him as much money as, as McCaffrey. I don't so, think he's worth well, as much as McCaffrey. He is as dominant. I mean, yeah. I think going into 2020, the fantasy season, I mean, if Cook is not the second pick overall, he's third, you know? I mean, well, some give people you maybe think Michael Thomas second. Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Mixon is in the toughest spot of all. Yeah, yeah Mi- big time. <laughs> Mixon's a free agent after this season. That's right. Um. And you what? I mean, you're going to find me a team that wouldn't pay $10 million a year to have him on it? I I think we're going to get to August, and, you know, hopefully there'll be a season. I would predict that Mixon's a holdout. I don't blame him. I do not blame him. Joe Mixon is a difference maker on the right team. He's the difference between going to the playoffs and not. Yeah, and and they're not going to go. Yes. So, essentially, if I'm him and and I'm looking at it, I mean, that's the one guy that, like, he falls into that – I think he's probably better than Melvin Gordon, but he does fall I, into yep. that category of, look, you know you're going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Yep. What am I ri- – I'm risking everything here for the Cincinnati A la Le'Veon Bell. He's going to want it. And I don't blame him in the least bit, man, yeah. because that guy – somebody would pay that guy given the opportunity. Yeah, he, he would be the best running yep. back available on yep. the free agent market, and I think he would command more than Gordon yep. for sure. So yep. uh, we'll see. But that's another interesting name too as we'll uh, keep an eye on it. How about this one? Um, Mark Cuban oh, God. yesterday, Joe. Uh, Mark Cuban, out of nowhere. I don't know where this came from. I don't know how it comes up. But in this day and age where anything is possible, certainly except for maybe you and I being president, Mark Cuban said don't rule out uh, him running for president. So 
You know, I mean, worst idea in the world? I don't know. I've probably heard worse. How many more reality TV guys are we going to uh, we're going to vote on here? I'm just curious, like how TV many? Show. We got a long way. You to know, go. I watch them every night on the Shark Tank. Like, yay! Like, I watch them on the basketball court. Yay! Like, I do. I really want to watch them in the White House. Like, is this all we got, really? Because there's a couple of people from the real world I would have rather have voted for myself. But I'm just saying, how reality do you want to go? I heard uh, one of the Kardashians could run. Uh, Beavis and Butthead. I mean, I'm just, I give up, man. Like, I give up with the whole Hollywood in the White House thing. I give up. There is Beavis on economics. I, I don't would, think it, you know what's I, I would I don't think love to knows see even who Beavis and Butthead is. Uh, oh, absolutely they do. Who do you who does? Everybody loves Beavis. I do, but everybody. Old generation loves Beavis. They had a favorite movie. They, they took America. Favorites. My favorites. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other guys too that took over the uh world domination there. So South Park? Yep. Absolutely. Who doesn't know South Park and Beavis and Butthead? They were ahead. Look, look, I'm just saying, you'd be very surprised. Oh, I'd be shit. Well, listen, you're, you're home, right? Do yourself a favor and YouTube Google. Beavis and Butthead and have a good time. Enjoy. You can thank us later. Uh, subscribe to our show first. Then check yes, out Beavis and then go Butthead. to Beavis. We're, actually, you know, you're right. Beavis and Butthead is more or less the same thing that we're doing here. <laughs> I mean, is, is there really that much of a difference? There really, is, there really is not. And Mark Cuban's our next president. So, I mean, we're all screwed anyway, one way or the other. It doesn't make a difference. Two months ago, if you would have said, uh, Joe Ranieri, you're going to be yep. sitting on, uh, on Skype yep. with Craig Mish talking about not just fantasy, but also Beavis and Butthead, but there won't be any sports going on. That's correct. Yeah. What kind of odds would you have placed on I that? I would not have bet that. I would have laughed a lot. I would, I, have, I would have laughed a lot. Does he have to give up ownership of the team? I'd wonder if he... I want. I don't know yeah, that he could. I don't yeah. think he could hold both. Didn't Bush have to give up for the baseball team? I'm he pretty did. sure, right? Yeah. 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 He get, he. Uh, was it Texas that he owned? That's the right, Rangers? Texas Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. He had a piece of the Rangers. Yeah. I would. I would assume he would have. To He'd have up. to sell that. I don't, I don't know about that. Bit of a control freak. So like, but yeah, but the all of a sudden like the the uh, Dallas Mavericks would be like the America's team in the NBA. Could point. you imagine? Oh, man. Why wouldn't they let Mark Cuban buy a baseball team, by the way? They kept, like, saying no to him over and over again. Because he's a pushy, you know, it's a... To get into that click of circle, like, I can't even imagine. Uh, it's, uh, you got to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. That's not a uh, club... you'd be a great owner. I do, too. I absolutely do. Listen, I think he's a great owner in the NBA. The money, right? That's what you want. Yeah. You want an owner that's going to treat it as a hobby, not yep. a business, right? I, and I have never heard one person play for the Dallas Mavericks that says not one of the best and first-rate operations in the NBA, you know? Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't, Baseball, and, and he's, he's got a lot to say. Baseball doesn't like people who got a lot to say. That's true. You know? That's true. Would he fit in with all these other guys? That's, yeah. a, that's a yep. fair point. John Henry, anybody ever heard what he sounds Anybody know what John Henry sounds like? Exactly. There's well, a reason. Oh, I know. <laughs> so do I. But that's, you know, very <laughs> few people you know, here from John Henry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, very few people do. Uh, NBA is uh, going to continue on, apparently, with this horse tournament. Yes. I feel like I want to give credit to all of these leagues. And, you know, we talked about Saturday Night Live yesterday, and I mm-hmm. want to give credit to SNL for putting on a pseudo-live show. Right. But I got to tell you, like, I-, I think at this point, with all of the sports and everything that's being done, in, in in media, television, sports, I think there has to be some testing out of these ideas before they start executing them. Yeah. Because 
it's very hard to crap all over something knowing what's going on and they're mm -hmm. just simply trying to entertain people. But, I mean, it is the NBA. Like, don't you have to have some awareness as to the product that you're putting out there? Even, in, like, if not, just don't do anything if yeah. it's going to look as bad as, as Horse looked. And I, and I, I guess they're going to finish this thing out. But it was a really sad it thing was to watch the other clunky. Day. It was. I, you know what it, the problem was? was expectations, Craig. What were we expecting? I think that's the I whole guess. thing. Uh, because they were in, basically on a handheld phone you know, on their webcam, on their phone, and they were being filmed in their driveways, except for Mike Conley, who apparently has a full-fledged YMCA connected to his house. So. But, but why don't they talk to them beforehand and just be like, all right, here's the deal. I got this guy, Joe Ranieri. He's going to send you the equipment. You got a USB-C dongle. You got to plug it into your laptop. You're going to get a webcam. Send a dude in a hazmat suit. Like, send a full crew to a hazmat Seriously, suit. I mean, like, I, just I, set I, it up the right way. Like, I don't get it. I don't like, get look, it. I, what, it's not that easy. For those of you no. who are watching and thinking it's so easy for us to be doing what we're doing, it is definitely not that easy. No. It takes some tinkering. It takes some time. Yes. But they got the bleeping NBA money behind them. No? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, like I'm with you. any of these interviews that I watch that are being done anywhere that have anything right. to do with MLB, NBA, NFL, I got to figure that there's a lot of money behind it. So it should look better than us. Now we got Goodell sitting on his couch in a thong. I like, I just, none of this, none of this sounds good. None of it. Like none Roger it. Goodell better not be like, you know, yeah, like, with his juicy sweats on, like sit, like I can't. Like, I, like, can you imagine if he's if he's like, and the pick is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're all just like sitting there. Wait, what did he say? What? What was that? What was that? I can't. And you know it's gonna happen too. Oh take, boy. They take Tua? Did they not? Yeah. We have a trade. The. Listen, your hacker friend, we got to get in touch right, with him, and we got to see if we he can't. We got to get him in there. Maybe we can control. <laughs> He should be running the draft. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. This day in Fantasy Sports is coming up next. Our Fantasy Sports birthdays as well. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri here on this Tuesday morning. And we'll be back right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. Happy Tuesday to you, April the 14th, 2020. And before we get into uh, our fantasy birthdays. Do we really think also, they came back after we dropped Beavis and Butthead? I'm, I'm not. I think they're done. Oh, uh, yeah. I think, we, <laughs> I think we lost three people. I think they're done. <laughs> our viewership just went to like. Tank, dude. Just tank. So sorry about that. We apologize. Listen, it happens, you know. I mean. <laughs> Give us more. I, mean, I think I think the butthead people are still here, but absolutely, yeah. Beavis is always on a, on kind of his own island. I agree with you. We apologize. We should, you know though. what? That you know what? I think I just get. We should do a whole show just on cartoons. Oh, see, now we're talking. Now we're talking. I think, yes, I think we found it finally. Yep. Talk about era. Yes, the missing the missing show that no one has done in the Correct. industry is yep. on on, on this cartoons. network, no less. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. 
you know, it's 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 content time for Sports Grid. Correct. I love time too. Love that you're going that way. Yes, love it. Cartoons of all time. Oh yeah, I don't think I've seen that yet. Nope. May have some. Nope. Your own tournament. Oh yeah, could have that and play it out on. uh... Sick. All right, so my birthday's coming up here in a few days. Mm. It'll be uh, on Saturday. Okay. When we get there, we'll make sure we use a graphic of me at that point. Yes. But for now, we got the this day in fantasy sports history. So we're looking at April the 14th in the past. Nice. Let's get started here, Joe. We'll go through these one by one. 1968, first game ever at Madison Square Garden. I know we did our little Madison Square Garden look in history and the best players that played there from the Knicks. To of course the New Jer- the uh, the New York Rangers, but this is where it all got started back in 1968, Joe. Yes, it did. Yep, can't believe it. Really, April of 1968. Do we know what that game was? I've I'm not. You know what? I don't know if I if I looked that up. I probably should have given. Some I'm time. Just, was it a Nick game? I'm I'm guessing. I believe it, it was. It yeah. was a Nick game. Okay. Only 50 years ago. Yeah. Wow, that's hard to believe, too. I remember Jeez. it well. Yep, that's crazy. I was I was not even born yet. Yeah, I was going to say, that's uh, you're aging yourself there if you were there. I try not there. to go that far back. God damn. You and Miller what is your When is your birthday, by the way? Mine's in December, so I'm, uh, I am much closer to Christmas uh, than, uh, than April. Then, then now. You'll actually be able to go out for your birthday. Yeah, hopefully. Oh, yeah, hopefully. I'll... I, I, I think my wife is warming up to the idea of actually... Uh, on my birthday, being able to get the food that I asked for. I didn't think that that was a possibility Ooh. a week ago, but... You, is there? Could it be? I think there's a chance. I'm holding out hope for you. I think stone crabs may be in my birthday. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe. Good call. Good call. Maybe. Hello, Joe's? Joe's stone uh, crab? I'm not, sure if, I'm not sure if we'll make it all the way down to Joe's. It may have to be Billy's in Hollywood. Gonna have, yeah, well, that's right around the corner. So, from yeah, yourself. I mean, I normally, yeah, but I don't know. Going an hour away, I don't know. Are they being delivered? Or that's a good point. It's a good question. Yeah, well, uh, I, I believe we could just go curbside. I think that's the oh, done. Idea done. Uh, it's it's under consideration. I wouldn't say it's a guarantee. The world could change in 24 hours, and there could be no stone crabs. So we're thinking about that at least. Could be cereal, more cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm backing off the cereal, Ranieri. I am backing off the cereal. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got here in uh, this day in fantasy history? How about this one? Detroit Red Wings in 1996. Mm-hmm. Steve Eiserman and company. They end up winning 62 games, which is actually wow. an NHL record. You know, it's, it's like by the time we're all said and done with all these shows, I'm going to know a lot more about sports history than I would have known going in. So. It's got to be Scotty Bowman now. That was, uh, yep. yeah. 96, yep, around that time. Yeah, Fedorov, Iserman, uh, Chelios was on that team. Yeah, they were dominant for about Dominic Koshik, was it, uh, in goal? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a hell of a team. Yep, 1996, 62 wins. That's the all-time record. 1985, speaking of all-time records, I had to Google this one to make sure that this one hadn't been broken, but it's true. In 1985, Utah Jazz's Mark Eaton, remember him? A really big white guy, like 7'4", 7'5", tallest players in the NBA, uh, ended up recording 456 blocks. That's crazy. Which was an NBA record, and I went back and looked because I thought to myself, wow, this happened in 85, I'm sure that somebody in the NBA since then has broken it, and no. Nobody's no broken broke. it since then, really? No, no, Minute Bowl came like 10 blocks short. Okay. A couple of years later, and that was it. And so that was 85, and that was, Ewing had just 
was about to come in, right? I mean, that was yeah, Ewing's draft. Yeah, he was not a shot blocker. Like no, that. no, no. But I'm thinking then Elijah Wan was after that. I'm trying to think of yeah, the great none shot of blocker. Close. And, and wow. now these days, Joe, like a lot of the players are, it's more, it's an offensive sport now. Well, like, teams no. are scoring 140 points a night. That so takes we'll effort. That, that takes effort. We, you know, that's ridiculous. Yeah, right. You got a better the chance of not there to block shots. Anymore. Yeah, like, like in fact, every time there is a block shot, it's yes. like a huge highlight. Exactly. Right? And I can't. Wow, oh my God! Did you see? Like watching Harden play defense, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. So Mark Eaton there. Yep. Nice. Four eighty-five. Yeah. Let's pick that one up. And then finally, you see the picture there. Yep. Jose Canseco. That's him. Hard to believe. He man. played on the Rays. Yes. In nineteen ninety-nine, Jose Canseco ended up hitting home run number four hundred. And of course, uh, on Sunday, Jose Canseco sent the tweet out that got a lot of attention. Happy Easter to everyone, except for Alex Rodriguez. Wow. Yeah, well, that had a lot to do with the Alex and his ex-girl. Yeah, that was... I get it. I get it. It ain't because of steroids, folks. Tell you that. <laughs> no, Jose is one of those uh, strange guys. Did I ever tell you my yes. uh, Jose Canseco story? What team was he with? He was uh, retired at the Oh, time. okay. All right, go ahead. What, we, what? Ha we have a few minutes. Go ahead. So it, it's yep. about a, it's a two or two, uh, Love maybe it. a three-minute story, so go stay ahead. tuned. It, it made the news. You can you can read about it and really see the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. So uh, a few years back, we're gonna we're gonna call it we're gonna call it at least ten years ago. Okay. It would have had to have been ten years ago. Uh, the Hard Rock was open. It was open, but Hard Rock Live was just kind of getting going at the time. Yep. Uh, in Hollywood, for those of you who don't know, Hollywood, Florida, Hard Rock Live. And they were having celebrity boxing. Yeah. So uh, Jose Canseco was one of the box, along with uh, Lindsay Lohan's dad, I think, yep. was in it. You know, like, it, was you know, it, around, it was that yeah. boxing circuit for a while. You remember, yep. you know all the names. If you saw, I, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember it well. Yep. Okay, okay. So I get contacted, and they ask me, do you want to come down to the pre-fight? and interview Jose Canseco for your television show. Because I, I, I guess he couldn't come to the studio. I don't remember what the scenario was. Okay. Uh, so uh, I go down there, and I'm not sure if we ended up interviewing him or not or, or what happened. It was a very strange scenario. But the bottom line is we show up to the pre-fight, mm -hmm. and we get there. We're waiting and waiting, Joe. And it's like 30, 40 minutes. All the other boxers have come out, and Jose Canseco is not there. So uh, eventually the promoter comes out. He goes, all right, we're getting ready to start here. And, oh, okay, he's here. Okay, great. And now we would like to introduce from the main event, he's going to be fighting against Lohan. I don't remember the first name. Michael. Uh, Michael Lohan. Lohan yes. I'd like to introduce you to Kinseiko. And we were like, okay, like, you know, like a little clap here. And I'm like, well, why does it say Kinseiko? Why don't they just call him Jose? I'm right. Like, all right. So um, he comes up. We do the interview, you know, he's talking, we're talking, we're talking, we're done. It's a very awkward interview. He looks really nervous. And it was just, you know, just bizarre. So the next day comes, we do the interview, and I and my wife, and I, for some reason I brought my wife with me too. I think we, you know, played poker or something like okay. that after. This is before Blackjack even was there. And I said to my wife, like, didn't that seem awkward? Like, it, it just, it did something like just seemed off, like the whole thing. Like, it just okay. seemed... So weird. And then uh, the promoter texts me a couple of hours before the uh, the fight. I'm like, hey, listen, I'll be at the fight at you know this time. And he says, no, nah, the fight is off. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because that was Ozzy Canseco. It wasn't Jose. 
that showed up for the fight, and we had to cancel it. How? <laughs> True story. <laughs> so they so they tried to send Ozzy in to do the fight. I can't. His twin brother. Right. And I I, he did the interview and everything. And you just, it didn't click with you, huh? It I didn't. Mean, would it click with you? you no, you no, like you, you just, yeah, they look pretty close, too. They, they look pretty close, too. And, and and then the news report, they all got a hold of the story locally here in South Florida. They're calling me, asking me what happened, asking me for the interview and everything oh, like that. Oh, my goodness, and, man. And what happened was, yeah, like they were, they were going to sue and they were going to do all this stuff. But the bottom line was, is that because they never actually had the fight, fight. there really wasn't a lot that they could do. He, he stopped. Like I guess it was like like an hour before the fight, they like called it off. Either somebody figured it out, or he admitted it wasn't him. Uh, but in the past, I guess Ozzy had fought a lot and done some things as Jose. That's correct. But yeah. that's 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 what happened. And no, and you know what? For some reason, I didn't even think about it. I just like went along with you it. You just Listen, knew I'm the, something I'm the same was wrong. Guy that got yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And it was interesting that they didn't, uh, they said, oh, here's Conseco. Interesting. I like, oh. That's when it hit me, like, after. Like, that's why they didn't introduce him as Jose Conseco. Like, I think they were in on it. I yes. think everyone knew. Yes. They were claiming to me that they didn't know toward the Somebody end. Somebody must have. Like, yeah, well, that well, you know, that's liability right there. So, exactly. yeah. Not only liability, yep. but all the people who bought tickets could yep. ask for their money back because that's it wasn't correct. who they thought was going to be fighting. Jeez, and you ain't going to pull that off on uh, an Indian casino. Wow. Right? Wow. <laughs> wow. Absolutely true. Yep. That's, my, that's, that's my Jose hope. for you. That's Conseco for you. It was Ozzy. Ozzy, um, too. Wow. Okay, so we go from there to this day in mm. uh, fantasy sports birthdays. Of course, uh, listen, it's Pete Rose's birthday. We're going to start off with him. Pete Rose turns, uh, uh, he was born in 1941. So what does that make him, Joe? 51, 61, 71, 81, 91, 01. Uh, Old? 79? Yep. 79. He's almost 80. Wow. 79. Rose, I feel old from just from saying that. Jesus. Uh, but uh, Ironically, he and Greg Maddox, both on my 80s uh, Fantasy League Legends team. Yes, uh, that's right. There you go. So Pete Rose, wow. Greg Maddox. Uh, born after that, of course. Way, of course. Uh, Patrick Eliash mm-hmm. of the NHL. Born in 1976. We talked about the Gators yesterday. We got a Joe Hayden birthday here. Yeah. And uh, in 1989, and then uh, your favorite player in the NFL, Joe, right here, Baker. Oh, Mayfield. that's it, Baker, Baker, Baker. Baker, Baker Mayfield, born in uh, in 1995. I uh, Pete Rose actually came on. Uh, you you got to know him, I'm sure. We got to get Rose on. We got to we got to get him on. He really is. He doesn't like. Uh, you know, it was funny. I'll, I'll, Why is he not working for Sports Grid? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I remember the first time I saw. I thought it was a couple of World Series ago. Um, and it was when A-Rod first was trying to come on, and Fox brought A-Rod, Pete Rose, and Frank Thomas um, on the set. And they did a riff on hitting for about 10 minutes. They did a segment where they were all talking about hitting. It was one of the, I think they were actually at the World Series. I don't know which one it was. It was about three or four years ago uh, before A-Rod took over ESPN when he was just retired and he was coming out. And, man, that was the most unbelievable 10 minutes of, of hitting talk from those guys that it was just watching A-Rod and Pete Rose and Frank Thomas talk hitting was, um, it was exceptional. It really, really was. Then he turned out to be a flake, and then that was the end of that. But Pete Rose, man, you, 
Anything else, forget it. But have him talk about hitting guys. And uh, if you have any love, it's just amazing. Um, the philosophy behind it. Really, really good stuff. Yeah, many, many years ago, I, I for 10 years, I used to host and also was the executive producer of a TV show on mm -hmm. uh, Fox Sports Florida at the other Indian casino, ironically, Mikasuki. Mi yep, absolutely. And uh, we brought Pete Rose in. Uh, Pete Rose came to the show. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he we did two segments with him. So something like this, doing this show. Right. Like, we did a 15-minute segment, another 15-minute segment. So we did 30 minutes. And then after the shows are over, uh, then at that point, and it's a very small crew, five or six people, not a right. lot. So, uh, but former Dolphins, you know, Kim Bocamp or Joe sure. Rose, all there you know, doing the show. And uh, and so after the show is over, you know, his car is downstairs and he's like, no, I'll just hang out for a bit. We're like, okay. So we go into the, you know, the green room essentially. And, you know, there's some food in there. It's pretty good. You know? Right. We have a good meal, you know. So we figure, we'll go. he's like, oh, I'll get a bite to eat. So we sit in there for 10 minutes. Two and a half hours he stayed and he talked with us. Pete Rose. Two and a half right. hours That's... after the show was yep. over. So like cool. Literally getting every story about mm -hmm. every inning of baseball. Like, yep. I mean, and listen, I understand certainly um, some of the choices that Pete has made yes. have been awful. Yes. It goes without saying, uh, both personally for him and professionally with him. Yep. But I don't know how you pass up that kind of conversation, Joe, to just sit down like with, with the all time you hit king. Yes. You just sit back, you take your hands, and you're just yep, like same. listening to this guy tell stories. I mean, yep. it was, it was, I think, I'd have to think because we did the show for 10 years, but it, it was, I think, I think he, he stayed longer than any other, anybody else yep. that we had. And we had a lot Jim Brown, Dennis Rodman. Like we yep. had a who's who, whoever would come to Miami would come down to the casino to do it. But he stayed forever, man. And I'll ne I have a picture. Uh, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll never forget that uh, that experience. Just listen to him. It's uh, it, it's crazy. Just listening to him talk baseball itself and hitting and philosophy and certain at-bats. And it's just, uh, you know, if you love baseball, then you'll just sit there. Forget about the gambling stuff. Just let him talk baseball to you. It's amazing. His approach to the plate and how he would go about it. Look about the all-time hit king here. He, he knew something about hitting a little bit. Yeah, and, and he also, I guess unsurprisingly, because if you're gambling now, yes. you got to know about everything that's going on now. This, I mean, Pete Rose, I mean, I wouldn't say he knew 25 guys on every Major League Baseball team, but he knew a lot. Big he time. knew who was on what team and the pitchers yep. and the setup guys and the minor leagues for these teams. It yep. was shocking to me. Yep. And, and we're going back about 10 years, but he knew them all, yep. you know? And, and this was like, coming he came on our show like coming off the steroid era essentially so you yes. can imagine how that conversation was going like, yeah look at all these guys and you know look what happened to me and what was me and i get it and i think that we would both agree uh, you know pete probably shouldn't have any role in baseball ever no. again but no. he should he should be in the hall pete's not a guy i would lend 20 bucks to but pete is a guy i would have a beer with and listen to him tell stories all all day long all day long yeah all, all day long did you ever eat at his restaurants that were here I think I went one time yeah. in Boca. Like I think I. Yes, I, I he used to do his show well. from there. He used to have a I show know. on radio. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I I, I yep. do recall going there like once, and I think he may have been there. But yep, we're going back for me. It must have been twenty five years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first got down here, that was one of the first places I went to and watched oh, him do right? a show. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't nearly as he was still in denial then. <laughs> I think I think in some ways he still is. Yeah, amen to that. Amen to that. Eighty right. though. Yeah, Damn. eighty next year. Jeez.
All right, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. We're back in just a couple of minutes right here on FST. Also, SportsGrid, sportsgrid.com. And, of course, make sure you like and subscribe to our show on YouTube. We'll be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. Coming up in the second hour, what we'll do is dive into a couple of historic stadiums mm. in sports. So stay tuned for that. That's in hour number two of the show. Please like and subscribe to our show on YouTube. Also hit the notifications button so every day it'll let you know when you can see us too. Leave us in Butthead right here on the show. Bam. Every single day. 11 to 1. Uh, ESPN <laughs> reported yesterday to my dislike Uh-oh. that... Unfortunately, and, um, you know, again, Jeff Passon's a great reporter, so certainly when, when you hear this sort of stuff, it makes me a little bit nervous, but mm. uh, that it's essentially Arizona. I think the quote was uh, that, that he said was Arizona or bust for MLB playing in 2020. Now, man, that updated idea that we talked about last week seemed to me to be a lot better than the one that they had in just playing all of Arizona, but I guess, Joe, there must be just some level, a high level, I guess, of concern with having anything in our home state where we live here in Florida. So I was certainly very optimistic last week. I'm still optimistic that some baseball is going to be played. Right. But if we head back down this road to talking about everyone playing in Arizona again, that certainly has to adjust my thinking from reality, from fantasy, from betting. I mean, it's like... I don't even know what to think what that season may look like if all 30 teams have to play in 10 stadiums. I think the feedback that they got, uh, certainly from the players when that story originally, and I love Jeff Passan. I mean, the guy's, the guy's great, but he is being fed these, these storylines. Uh, and not just him. Buster Only has come out. We were going to Japan. You know, Bob Nightingale, our friend from the USA Today, also. We're, we're playing in Florida. We're playing. So we, they seem to be running the gamut here of a lot of different ideas. But we're not going to hear anything till May 1st. So I think that's the real target date, May 1st. They're obviously gearing up for uh, um, a, a big rollout of testing from what we understand. So I think if Adam Silver uh, and everybody else, all the other, and, and Gary Bevan and, and Manfred included, I think May 1st, they'll give us a better idea of what it's narrowed down to. Um, I think right now it's just a whole lot of people floating a lot of ideas to put, you know, dip their toe in that water and see what, uh, what kind of reaction they're getting. Yeah, and, and, and look, that, that could very well be the case. I know that it would be difficult to I, I think it's going to be difficult to do anything in June or July or, or you know, maybe at that point. And I get all of that. Uh, I'm, ju- I'm just fearful. Honestly, Joe, I think that the worst case scenario could come from all this is that they start something that they can't finish. Yes. And to me, that would hurt the sport. And a friend of mine asked me today and and I and I said that he was wrong, but I did entertain the, converse, the question mm-hmm. and the conversation that he had to me. And the hypothetical that he threw out me was this, Joe. He said, do you think it's wise for MLB to have a truncated season of 80 or 90 games 
in Arizona and all these spring training games that just with no fans right. that people tune out on that they're not interested in that it, it just you know I'm not going to put it in the same category as this horse of the NBA because right. that's just flat, flat out ridiculous. But what if it's a turnoff and people don't like it and they don't enjoy it? Wouldn't it make more sense to just have this fever pitch for 2021 instead? And I thought about it and I said, you know, I understand the point. There is some merit to it. Yes. But there's a, this is a business at the end. And if Major League Baseball, if they know regardless people are going to come back for 2021, they're going to try and cash in on as much as they can, Joe, yep. in 2020. And even if there are no fans, and even if the games look bad, and even if they're not exciting and played in spring training facilities, st and even if no one is watching, it won't matter because people would have paid for the TV revenue uh, commercials even before they get these games started. Exactly. So the, so baseball could sit back and these teams could, that are given the revenue, the clubs, they'll look back and just laugh and be like, ah, oh, yeah, yep. the games stink, but we got our money already. Does it really matter? Yep. Because, again, they're not going to be playing for six months. They're playing for four at the most. Uh, June, July, August, September, maybe October. Right. Month to November yep. a little bit for a six month. Yep. So they're going to get the money in advance. I think that no matter what, they're going to attempt something. Yep. And so the point was well taken on my part because I said, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. There is that percentage of me mm -hmm. that thinks, you know, just if you don't have it, that would create for an unbelievably anticipated 2021 season. But that doesn't get the owners paid. Right. And by the way, it doesn't get the players paid in full either. So yes, I think they're going to try and do whatever they can. And and listen, I, and I think a lot of the themes, uh, you know, listening to uh, uh, Governor Cuomo in New York and his uh, his meeting uh, recently, you know, with the with the media, a lot of talk now heading into how we're going to get everything opened up again. You know, it was, it hasn't been like that up until this particular point. Up but until this week. Yeah, up until this week. Now it's a lot of the topic of conversations in yeah. these press conferences is the next steps to get us back on track and get us back open. So it's obviously a concern, not just for sports, obviously you, me, people watching, uh, our neighbors, everybody around. So when when the narrative starts shifting like that which is what it's kind of doing right now this week I, I do to me that gives me hope that we are just that much closer our frame of mind and that's really what's going to dictate when this comes back it's the frame of mind and the per, and the perception of um you know the coronavirus more than anything else the testing and of course all of that has to fall into place but um, it certainly seems like they are in a different planning stage here now. Uh, I, a lot of places, they're breaking down hospital beds, you know what I mean? So there's good news on the horizon, and I think by May 1st, we'll have a much clearer understanding of what this is going to be, look like. And if, in fact, like you said, it's June through October, I'm watching Chinese baseball with nobody in the stands. I don't understand the damn yeah, word they're saying. I'm, exactly, but you know yeah. what? It's a universal language, and I'm having a field day watching it. So yeah, no, it's it's it, it's something that's on. That's and right, it's, and it's live action. Yes, and and, yes, and it's quality. It not, yeah, it's exactly it. It may not satisfy us for three months, but it may. But look, we only may be yes. looking at another month and a half or two months of this. And that's I think correct. At this point, people have become used to it. So. Yep. You know, that's definitely part of the conversation as well. I, I guess that for me, it's just like what happened to that whole conversation. And, and by the way, isn't that, I mean, what your friend scoped out, isn't that basically the last alternative, right? The last alternative think, is fever pitch in 2021. Joe, for all of the sports. I think that yes. they will try yep. to play 
no matter everybody. what. I agree. To get paid. Yep, I agree. I, I, I think that they will try to, yep. to play this thing out. I think, of course, the NHL, and now I want to get into the NBA, but of course the NHL and the NBA are in more favorable positions mm-hmm. in terms of canceling. Yes. Because I think that if they cancel, everyone... Well, first of all, any sport that cancels, people will be like, we, we get it, we understand. Yep. Except for the NFL, nobody will accept that. But if, if the NHL and NBA came out in the next two weeks and said, I'm sorry, we can't do it, people would be like, ah, you know, it doesn't make some sense here. I mean, how are you going to play over the next month? You're not ready, and the season's ending. Like, they get it. But baseball's tougher, and then, of course, right. football's another conversation. And the NHL is fascinating from the standpoint that we already know they've been, they've been approached by five cities, states in this country that are willing to open it up for them for neutral site games to be able to finish the season and get it going. You're talking about locations in New Hampshire, in the Dakotas, in, uh, in Wisconsin. There are places, uh, there are cities and, uh, and officials who have reached out and said, bring the games you know, here, use yeah. our rinks, we're good to go. So that's kind of the mindset here, which is, which is what's moving forward. And I think that's all. Now, they haven't decided what they're going to do one way or the other. But the idea that local officials and people are saying, hey, come, in, come and use our area. We'll clear it out. Whatever you got to do, quarantine, whoever, just you know, get it back on the ice. I find that fascinating. Okay. And, and the NBA, you know, we discussed this yesterday that they may take about a month to get ready. That was mm-hmm. more uh, qualified by ESPN. They reported uh, yesterday that... Um, uh, the NBA players are saying essentially the NBA trainers are a big part of this too. Right. It wasn't as much as 30 days as much as about three weeks, which is which right. is basically at this point it looks like that's all the NBA is going to be able to offer these yep. guys to get ready. But Joe, I suppose the reason why they're asking for this much time is because there are a great abundance, a, a, a big, a lot of people. I don't think it's a large abundance of people. I don't know if my English is right there, but a lot of people basically, a lot of players in the NBA. This is not like football. This is mm. not like baseball or hockey. You have 20-year-old kids, right. Joe, who are living in apartments and yep. all over the world, and their gyms are shut down, and they have nowhere to play. They mm. haven't been playing at all. If you're a baseball player, right. you know you grab somebody else, you grab a glove, a glove and you're throwing. You know? mm-hmm. And I can just tell you from the work that I do with my son, you go in the backyard, and you're hitting a little bit. You're doing something. Right. You're living in an apartment where your gym is closed, and you know you can't go out and play basketball anywhere. And just from what we saw with Trey Young, you know that it ain't even that mm-hmm. good in a lot of different places. Correct. And so now it makes a little bit more sense to me that the NBA is essentially saying that we're very worried about injuries if we start up too soon without having them you know, run up and down the court. Yep. Because they just a lot of players have been doing, surprisingly for me to hear, absolutely nothing. It's so funny, too, because they had... Uh... Giannis, you know, the Greek freak wanted to participate in the horror. As a matter of fact, they, they asked a lot of guys to participate in it. And the problem was, is Giannis like, I don't have a court. Like, he doesn't, there are a lot of these guys didn't even have a place to go and shoot. So, um, you know, to your point, 25 days, probably what's going to be needed because I can assure you, outside of uh, NBA 2K, there hasn't been a lot of basketball with a lot of guys that uh, that have been playing. And for you not to be able to get the Greek freak on the horse contest, um, that tells you everything you need. If he can't get a gym, then what, what's there's, there's a lot of other guys that probably haven't seen a court since uh, second week of March. Yeah, no, they haven't at all. Yep. And, and, that's, and some of the, the players, by the way, don't even live in this country. That's correct. So, 
it's nope. going to be a lot harder for them to get going for sure. Inevitably, if they if they do get going in the NBA, because I think that's closer than probably baseball having to make a decision. What would you say that the NBA probably has to decide, like in two weeks or something like that? By the way, the NBA also determined, uh, according to ESPN, that they will not sacrifice uh, next next season at all. It will be they won't come close to that. So it's not even a thought to start next season in December or anything like wow. that. Yeah, they're doing their preseason. They're doing it on time, and it's got to be done. They won't sacrifice it. So at all. they're not willing to push it and start. All right. So no, they no. basically, Again, money, Joe, all those regular season games yeah. that they were just getting. And you know what? Listen, makes that. it makes sense, which means that if they have to play up until right about where spring, uh, where you know practices would have started, they're okay. You got your time off. They're okay from basically going crowning a champion to you get a week off and let's get back into camp here after that. That would be nuts, right? So I would think that that could be. I mean, right, August. October. <laughs> August? Could they, could they legitimately do the playoffs in August? Well, I kept hearing, and that date for the NBA was Labor Day. So that's first weekend in September. So if you crown a champion first week in September, then basically you're saying you guys got three, four weeks, then we're reporting back. Yeah, because you think about it and you say, oh, that's not enough time, but what have they been doing Egg. the last three months, too? Exactly. So it works they, out they to be the to same. Do. So, And if they're not going to push that, let's say, move it down, then basically they're hoping that we're finished and crown a champion by September, get a little reprieve, and then boom. And it's not like all teams are going to – if they're coming back just to play the pe- uh, playoffs, right? Well, then half the teams didn't come back at all. So you're you're okay. I mean, you'll – you know, there will be a couple of teams, obviously, whoever ends up crowning, they crown champion, will have had to play a few extra games. But got to get ready. Get back in the thing. It's not, you're not going to be taking, uh, what the hell are they going to do anyway? It's not like oh, they're going to hop on planes and fly, you know, and uh, get on a banana boat and sipping wine and stuff. It's just not going to happen. The other, the other thing that's come out of this is the story with uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And I wanted to bring this up on the show, not because Ouch. of the potential rift or what they may or may not mm-hmm. have. And I think everybody knows the story by yep. now. Uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive uh, for the coronavirus, didn't take it seriously, potentially gave it to some of his other teammates or accident, not on purpose, but accidentally did. And then, of course, apologized after that. Uh, Joe, just conceptually, let's let's take the NBA out of this for a second. Mm-hmm. And, and humanize it in our world for a minute. Okay. Joe, if you knew someone that potentially had this, and you know, you're know you doing your show from a studio, mm-hmm. and two months ago they were kidding around with you, and like you know, let's say grabbed your earpiece or grabbed your mic, and then you ended up getting it, and you know, fully recovered, right. and we're totally okay, you're back at work, you're hosting on SportsGrid, would you be able to forgive that person ever? Or would you write that person off? Because it seems like that is more of the human debate at this point. It's like, you know that he wasn't taken seriously, but you know that looking back on it now, I am sure that he's probably apologized profusely to this guy and said, hey, look, like, right. this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Right. Is there is there ever a, a part of you that just will not forgive uh, as to what happened? Because that's what's being reported in Utah. Whether that's true or not, I really don't know. But how about on the human side of it, Joe? Are you like the kind of yeah. person that would be willing to forgive and forget on that one? You know, it, de- it depends. You know, to me, it's all about uh, intent. So if Rudy Gobert knew he had it well, and still acted, but I'm just saying, if, I, if, you, if a person knew well, they well, had it say, Joe, and then coughed the on my sandwich, right, and just said, here you go kind of thing, and that's how I caught it, I would have a hard time with that. But, no, if, but, but let's, use, let's use what we believe 
in our heart of hearts didn't is that know. he, didn't, that didn't, he know. didn't know. Right. Intent and, to me is but, everything. But, but he didn't know. Let's say, Joe, let's say your, your technical director who's sitting in your studio right. right now, he didn't know. Right. But he still messed around with you. He still took your microphone. He put it around right, his mouth. Right. He still took the earpiece. He put it in his ear like that. Right. He go, ha, ah, ha, look, I have it. Like, no. Would you, even if you were fine, would you still look at that person the same? When would this first came out in March, right? Because obviously what we know now, you can't to what they knew then. Um, I would have been in denial a lot like Rudy Gobert was and probably everybody else. Um, so I wouldn't have a problem because joking around, we've, we've done a lot of those uh, types of things. So I don't think the intent was there. And if it wasn't there, then obviously if we know now, if we would have known then what we know now, he wouldn't have done it. If he would have, then of course that says a lot about oh, yeah. Rudy Gobert. But I don't, you gotta let at that point, Listen, do you think there's not a chance that even you and I at the games at Roger Dean Stadium, right? You think there's a chance there? We were there, right there, right before they canceled, right? With the Yankee the day game. Before. You don't think we passed by somebody that might have might have had it? We, well, listen, Jim Edmonds yeah. in the, was in the booth, two booths over. Uh, two booths, exactly correct. So, like, you know, I, do I blame somebody else because I, I didn't know, wash my Edmonds hands to get the flu? over to me and, like, like kiss me all the Right, way. but, I mean, again, in, if we know, if we didn't know or what we knew, like, we were being told when everybody else, including Dr. Fauci, was, you know, there was a point in time that he was like, we got nothing to worry about, so. Nobody could have thought this is where we would be right now. Nobody thought that. All right, we'll uh, take a quick time out and be right back on Fantasy Sports Today. Mm. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.